0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water
0: So if you're like me and you're
1: drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you.
2: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not
2: another one. It's the Politics Joe podcast. Love podcasts, hate nonsense. the Politics Joe podcast, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Smattering the board. Mm. Golf clap. On the green in two. Delicious. (laughs) That's a bad miss. And that's a bad miss. (laughs) Ed Campbell. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Very well. Never been better. Never? Never. That's good. Apart from the smell in this studio. I'm well apart from that. Yeah.
3: What does it smell like?
2: Fart. Raw sewage. I think there might be a leak of some description in the Yeah, corridor. I can
3: smell a lot of paint, though. I thought that's what...
2: Someone's been farting paint in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Needs to be submitted to medical research. Um... <laughs> I've got a small amount of paint on my hands, but that's not You've what You've been
4: caught so red-handed.
2: <laughs> i would not I not confess for that.
1: That's the one time I wouldn't confess to having paint on my hands. <laughs> You've been farting paint. On wiping, your onto my wiping your eyes wiping your
3: hands. Do you normally have paint
2: on your hands? Depends what I've been up to at the weekend.
3: No, Ed, because he said it's the one time he wouldn't confess to uh, having
1: paint. In the one time if I have paint on my hands, I guess. If right. someone had been accused of he's got parting paint in this video, I would not ever <laughs> fess up to it. Okay.
3: Cool.
2: The evidence
1: is that. Oh, like your trousers are covered in it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's all over your chair. <laughs>
1: You're like a spray can.
3: <laughs> it does get stronger when you move, but that could be Ed
2: the evidence is pointing this way people can't fart paint i mean this is... <coughs> <laughs> let's move on
3: all right how are you ava <coughs> well i've been i've been better yeah 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 you know, the smell
2: yeah <laughs> why did you say why did you say it was so good no, I said it was good. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> you recently <laughs> learned you can farm a
3: You said you've never been better. What's happened to you that's so good?
2: Again, to come to work with you guys every day. It's nice. Having discourse.
3: Oh my God, you've got an Apple Watch on. I do. <laughs> what? What's that about?
2: Um, I've decided to, I've decided that the trade-off for um, all of my data, like when I go to sleep, when I'm upset <laughs> <laughs> when i fart paint, pain. When you're doing a Jackson Pollock.
3: <laughs> and by that you mean hating his wife. <laughs> I'm good now,
1: I meant paint, to be clear.
3: <laughs>
1: I meant farting pain, not the other thing.
2: And I want Apple to know that. No, it's quite it's just quite good, isn't it? Heart rate monitor. Yeah. So They really do have a have as in a vice grip Apple don't they? Vice like
1: grip. Like you could just, like I agree but equally I understand the argument you could just buy a Fitbit or something like that it's just not sleek it doesn't look as good you can't get your text on it.
2: No. It's and it's funny actually I um, I've thought a lot about this I haven't, I haven't gone for a really really long time and I've even like on my phone I've tried to I've minimised it to the point where to use it as little as possible. We will talk about this later on actually in the episode mm. right, when we talk about phones and schools but like I have very few notifications on my phone, as it is. I actually have a mode where a lot of the time I have it in grayscale, so there's no colour. So, to so like not make me want to use it. And then when my Apple Watch arrives and I put it on, by default, all of your notifications, <laughs> like all the ones I've turned up on my phone, they all come to the Apple Watch. Oh! Yeah, so it's, li- it's literally like vibrating, like dzz, 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 and... Yeah, I mean, I don't have, I don't even, I don't have vibrate on my phone. It's fully on silent anyway. So it's only when I look at it that I see. It's on your
3: wrist now. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I just get um, calls and texts to the what to the wrist. Everything else is off. (laughs) Yeah, straight to the wrist.
1: (laughs) See you soon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. Have you ever picked up a? You rang rang someone and they say, sorry, I'm just talking to you through my watch.
2: No, I haven't had that yet. I don't think Mm. I've had that. I hate that people walk around like this?
3: I'm going to out my friend Catherine. She does it all the time. I'm just, what do you say? I'm talking to you through the watch. Take me off the watch. Yeah, that's, like... that's
2: moronic, I'm afraid.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. I hope Catherine doesn't listen to the podcast. I hope she does. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that. Hmm. My, my flatmate instead of manually putting the timer on his phone, says, Siri, set a timer for 20 seconds.
3: That's so disgusting.
1: Which, like, freaks me out. It's done it for years.
3: I pulled up, actually near London Bridge I pulled up on my bike next to someone and the guy was going hey Siri <laughs> hey Siri I was like oh that is so ick yeah
1: that
2: is fury <laughs> inducing. yeah there was a really good um Corey is it Doctorov Doctorow I don't know the guy's name I only, I've only ever seen his name written down yeah. so I don't know how to say it out loud so forgive me but he a very good, good sub stack and he wrote, had a piece in the mm-hmm. FT last weekend about the N-shitification like as in uh, anthropocene and justification-like type of platforms and their degradation. I'm going to do a really bad job of explaining it. I just encourage people to go and listen to it. But it was a fascinating insight into how like these all of these social media platforms, app, not just social media, um, FANG, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, et cetera, the way they like accrue users initially, and then the, the, as they try to extract value from those users, the the service they provide just gets weaker and weaker mm-hmm. and weaker and worse and worse and that's why you feel like all of these things that used to be amazing and connect you to your friends and family and actually serve a purpose in your life no longer actually serve a purpose in your life and if anything actually make your life actively worse, yeah um, which I think probably the most explicit, although maybe that's not exactly what the case has happened with Twitter, right, that once upon a time it actually performed a function in your life and now it kind of doesn't
1: Yeah, it's just bad content or it's porn bots replying to everything
2: Speak for yourself, my guy
1: Pornbots reply to everything.
3: Oh, I just got charged for Amazon Prime. So we were of, listening.
1: There there is a there, there was, Don't forget who pays the bill. Yeah. there was a great porn bot, I think replied to one of my tweets recently that said a
2: great porn bot. Can, can I just can I just ask? Can I just ask like how when you're ranking porn bots, what is it? What's oh, like sorry. the top? How I do mean, they qualify as a great one? So huge knockers. Number <laughs> I mean, no, because he actually. Do you remember he sent like a YouTube comment, one of our YouTube comments down at my banana group that was from a porn bot? Them, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, that one. Yeah. It was like a wo-
2: and the display pic was like a woman's butt. Yeah. <laughs>
3: but we know her. She's always the first to comment. <laughs> She's
2: a real fan. One of yeah. your favorite <laughs> porn bots. Po- um, no, the number
1: one is the person who replied to my tweet: minjin bio." <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> you should go to a doctor. That's not what her minge is meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> Huge knockers, minge bio. <laughs> Huge knockers and minge in bio. That's gonna click from Ed.
3: <laughs> it's quite prudish to only, like, have the minge in bio, isn't it?
2: Is that not the
1: least prudish thing to have?
2: No, because you can, you can post minge straight to the timeline if you want to, can't you? <laughs> Coward.
3: <laughs> Was that not just the front? What,
2: just the, what, just the front?
3: Yeah what do you mean (laughs) you can
1: you can turn your laptop around and see the (laughs) back
3: i don't know
2: Ed being like no i'm more of an ass guy turning the laptop around why can't i see it (laughs) yeah this is
3: ridiculous
2: (laughs) how are we going to pivot to our first talking point out of this
3: um well actually when when it was announced this policy i I can guarantee there would have been a lot of minges in bio (laughs) listed wouldn't
2: there so segue it's the politics show cast shall we talk about some serious politics uh ava why don't you get us kick-started let's talk about the scottish labor conference what's been going up on up the road
3: it's always what's been going on ava and not what's been going on with you
1: In fairness, that's the premise of this podcast, I guess. It's what's been going on.
2: So- no, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> What is up with you?
3: No, nothing. I've actually right. <laughs> yeah, actually quite like to talk about this.
2: Okay, well, the floor is yours. I think I, I get... said it
3: six times this morning, so yes. it'd be good for me to actually get on with it. It would be, I? yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The opportunity's here—I've offered it up to you. Yeah, you can, you can just start talking when.
3: So, uh, Scottish Labour conference has been going on this weekend, and one of the first, well, big news lines that came out of it—only news line that came out of it—was that uh, the conference <laughs> had voted on a motion to for an immediate ceasefire. Now, that was tricky because it would mean that the Scottish Labour position is now out of kilter with the main Westminster party, main Keir Starmer party. Now, Starmer went up to Glasgow and he gave a speech. And in that speech, he said that he would back a permanent ceasefire and he would like to see the fighting stop now. But he did not use the word immediate. And that's important because this Wednesday, the SNP will potentially lay a motion where they will call for an immediate ceasefire. And Labour are thought to be placing an amendment to that motion to get rid of immediate. So they say ceasefire at some point. Hmm. That's where Labour are.
2: Okay. That's a a shift in his position, Mm -hmm. isn't it, Ed? Like Because as we know from the start of the conflict... LBC Nick Ferrari he gets that interview right and he says Israel Israel has the right to cut off water and electricity from Gaza yep so from um endorsing war crimes to <laughs> to calling for an immediate <laughs> you're ceasefire. gonna get some calls yeah I mean it's a damn no no scene. No, no, no
3: not immediate
2: sorry 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 a big a, a, a ceasefire at some point but a permanent one nonetheless yeah that's a that's a that's a change Certainly is.
3: Well it is a sea change. And some pundits are suggesting it's because they've been um, it's in reaction to some internal polling that was conducted by the Labour Party that said that Muslim voters would no longer vote for Labour. I personally hate the idea that Muslims are a homogenous group that vote together. Like
2: That's a really interesting thing, you know, because um I know I'm taking this on a bit of a tangent, but briefly, you know how like in American politics they'll often talk about like the black, how, vote. How are black, how, how's the black vote yeah yeah so, yeah like how are, how are cubans uh, doing how are white women going to vote in the election mm. and there's uh, because obviously like you can break down voting by into all these kind of <coughs> demographics but we don't really do that here do we and it's kind of it's like i don't know whether it's uh, a sort of uh, a sensitivity about you know like you said condensing people into homogenous sort of mm-hmm. blocks or whether there is just something sort of maybe the unique the americans are uniques the americans are just a bit more brash about it and okay with talking about things and that do you that think might. it's because class is less of an, a signifier in
1: America than it is yeah, here because be. people talk about like a1 b2 I will willD the working class but I think people, I think people do <laughs> like that that's that's the signifier people talk about like the bricks of all white brick
2: white. how dare you how dare you ask me how Muslims are gonna vote tell me how the working class will vote <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it's also to do with density isn't it and where population is right the the UK doesn't have a, a similar if, if this is less now than America but if you went back 20, 30 years in America you could find black people in the cities and white people not in the cities and we don't really have that same sprawl mm.
2: so they've moved they've shifted yeah they've changed their position haven't they and I wonder whether okay how do we look at this because on the one hand I suppose he's shifted and just from like a pragmatic point of view it should be welcomed that he's demanding a ceasefire mm-hmm does that negate his kind of complicity up to this point I mean do you remember, do you remember that fucking vote in the comments he, he, people resigning from the shadow front yeah. over calling for a ceasefire Yeah. yeah. what was it all for I, th-
1: I think also as well at what point before like he should he should have come to this conclusion far beyond this like Gaza's destroyed they're attacking Rafa well, so is that your cut point like your, your moral cut point for a ceasefire
2: is what's so the, high what's the number yeah exactly that's what it is. yeah absolutely yeah. sure it is right It's mm. like how long are you prepared for this to go on? How many <coughs> women and children have to die before you say enough is enough?
3: Well, I think the argument that labor would make is that they have stuck to the position of until the hostages are returned, there cannot be a ceasefire, and obviously the hostages have not been returned, mm-hmm. and so he's holding out that's just the labor position, just giving you the labor position yeah um but I don't. Um, I don't really. I don't really buy this sort of electioneering line right. that is coming out of some pundits that it's all to do with he thinks he's going to lose certain by elections or whatever. What do you think it is? Um, I think that he sees that the U.S. is softening, mm. and I think that he's actually getting in line of. Where the Tories are going to be mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks time. Awesome. I think he's lining himself up to be. Cameron's mirror. been
1: soft- softening on it, yeah, it, he has. And, Bri- and the British public as well. So
3: I think that his strategy is to sort of go like, whatever Rishi Sunak does, he has been mirroring it. Right, he's been the copycat leader of the opposition, and this time he's sort of lining himself up so he can say, "Well, we we've been saying it for weeks."
2: Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's been a majority position in Britain since the start of the conflict. So there should be a ceasefire. It's one of the one of the int- of really, the really interesting and intriguing things that I think increasingly, and actually within like a broader political context, that maybe you can go back to something like the COVID lockdowns when there was a relatively fringe group of people who had a position and it wasn't being reflected within media discourse, within political discourse, and so they sort of felt quite distanced and alienated from politics as a whole. Now, obviously, those positions within COVID were slightly more radical and extreme than something like calling for a ceasefire in in a war. Do you mean like anti-lockdown people? Yeah, Yeah. or something like that. I don't know, but there were people, anti-lockdown voices, but I don't know, just people who were... And as a result, they become alienated from politics. They become disenfranchised and and distinct from it. Whereas now you have something that actually commands a majority position with the British public, i.e. calling for a ceasefire. (coughs) But that's not reflected really in the media class, Mm -hmm. certainly not in the political class. Mm -hmm. And that has very real and very serious consequences right because people particularly if you you know mass demonstrations hundreds of thousands of people on the street you have conversations there and people saying things like you know why on earth is this position that clearly is popular and the polling shows it right it's here um, Laura's got it on the dog 66% of Britons agree that Israel should call a ceasefire and are now less likely than they were in November to say that military action in Gaza is justified mm-hmm. if there's a, if there's a political position that 66% of the British public agree with that's the biggest mandate what, 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 when has there been a bigger mandate, Brazil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've like, got if you've got the leader of the opposition and the prime minister, who's expressed political positions is the was until recently yeah the opposite of it yeah
3: yeah. A mandate has previously been quite important to our politics. Mm. if you remember the last you know ten years <laughs> <laughs>
1: and before been years and long. <laughs> hey, but I mean, have no, you ever heard
3: the word mandate as much as like you know? Why was that never the word of the year? <laughs>
1: Oxford Dictionary
3: <laughs> One thing that's really bothering me that I find
2: You ever had a man day? Hanging out with the boys? Yeah I've got one this week Thursday
4: Nice
3: Link in bio <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mandate in bio oh. <laughs> Manhole in bio <laughs>
1: what? Sorry what's my manhole? Your, uh, your bum hole Right <laughs> Sorry I thought that was so we of... be... I, I didn't think that needed explaining oh. I'll be honest I just wanted to be here yeah.
3: There's an irritating thing going on in this, this room. Right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> increasing
2: tendency, an irritating tendency for vulgarity when trying to talk about the situation in Gaza, yeah.
3: So commentators have been talking... So over the weekend when the delegates at that conference voted for that motion the reaction for a lot of pundits was to say how childish that was and oh yeah israel's really going to stop bombing now because a little conference in glasgow has voted to for a ceasefire and that that line of thinking is like exploding my brain Mm -hmm. because is it not quite obvious that if you have the opposition pressuring the uk government to pressure netanyahu that that might have some sort of outcome and if you don't believe that that chain works, then what's the point in Britain? Because we clearly have no place or power on the world stage whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, also, it's also the opposite. So the um, position you're talking about in Westminster with the the opposition and the Prime Minister not being aligned with <clears> the <throat> British public, we're now, it's now the opposite in Scotland as in, well. Anna Sarwar isn't the leader of the opposition but Labour are polling second in Scottish elections. Hamza Yusuf has been very vocal in his, in his pro-Palestine position since the beginning. Of the conflict, and Anna and Scottish Labour are enlightened. and so so Anna could potentially be first minister one day, and at that point, he has a position on an international
2: stage and a mandate to mm. pressure. Well, well they agree on so much the, the,
3: else, you know. <laughs> so the...
2: This is this is the thi- this is the thing, though, right? Like that line of ar- okay. So let's take that first of all. Let's take follow the, lo- the the logic of that argument that you've just set there. Like, why? What does this have to do with anything? Like, you know, the political parties opposition is not going to change what's happening in Israel, right? So I don't know. You could take. Um, Ukraine and Putin, right, is a, good, is a good example, right? Whether or not Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak condemn Vladimir Putin's invasion of illegal invasion of Ukraine, it's not going to make him turn the... T- oh, Keir Starmer said it, I'll turn the tanks around. That doesn't... That doesn't mean that you don't condemn it, right? Because it's just a fucking amoral. Like, what? What? What do you mean? It doesn't mean make it right. Mm-hmm. And so you
3: all had your flags out. You all had your Ukraine flags out for weeks.
2: Yeah, you're ha- you're happy to take a position on that, though you won't change it. But in, the, in this instance, it it actually would make a difference because Sturm, If the leader of the opposition adopts, adopts a political position, it inevitably pressures mm-hmm. the person opposite them and 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 shines light onto where they are and the difference between their two positions. Secondly, you're right. Like. If international pressure is the way to bring about a change, right? That, whether it's um, the the military at, the military support that both Britain and the US provide to Israel, if you withdraw that, that changes things. The financial support that the United States provides that changes things. You know, if um if Trump wins the next election and the I don't think it would, but possibly if he does become so isolationist that he would withdraw support for Israel, the war finishes, right? Mm-hmm. They need they need the money, they need the arms. So actually, yes, international pressure can change what's happening there i mean we want to talk about um like uh, boycott the, the the boycott with apartheid right that's international pressure yeah. like and it was a it was a factor in the collapse of apartheid and so people will make the same arguments around things like bds right that with international pressure you can actually change things on the ground in different places It's it's just i don't know
3: Traditionally, I, it has worked like that. Quite, that's been quite a normal process. Yeah, we've all been used to. Uh-huh. Uh,
2: I didn't. I didn't expect the right-wing commentariat to come down on on the side of uh, protest. <laughs> yeah, our our political system is ineffective, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and participation it will get you nowhere. Welcome, welcome to the anarchist struggle. Um, <laughs> Power is a vacuum. Yeah, <laughs> life is chaos. <laughs> Nothing means anything. Well, that is
1: true. Nothing means anything. I just fart paint. <laughs> It won't get better. Doesn't I mean hope it's when gonna we get clip worse. that, we
3: leave that bit in. I fart
1: pint. Do you not? What? I was doing an impression of Ollie. Oh, right. Not Sorry, work, I was quoting no. Ollie. No, that <laughs> doesn't work. Not, <laughs> for, not for free. I, I do thing. <laughs> Link in bio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we said they have a Patreon, but it's just Ollie farting pint. Have you seen Shane Gillis' uh, YouTube sketch, OnlyFansDad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are, we're, we're, we're going on a tangent, but basically like a daughter has her boyfriend around for dinner with the family for the first time. everyone sat around the table, apart from the dad, and you can just hear like groaning in like another <laughs> room. And they're like, where's dad? I don't understand what's going on. And they go in and it's Shane Gillis like riding uh, a sex toy. <laughs> like,
5: this is what I have to do to put a roof over your head.
2: Oh man.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: not another one it's the politics show cast there are ramifications within this Labour position right because of uh, a very important by-election coming up Rochdale yes Um, not least because how crazy was last week right you you start the week Labour is embroiled in an anti-Semitism row disaffiliating themselves with their candidate in Rochdale as Ali by the end of the week two of the largest by-election victories in separate by-elections since the Second World War like uh, a week is a long time in politics and your fortunes can rapidly change right, from the start start to the end it was quite quite a rollercoaster for the Labour Party last Mm -hmm. week
1: it's also also interesting treating the Rochdale by-election as a microcosm of the entire country as in Rochwell, if by the by the margin of victory in Wellingborough and Kingswood, they were always on course for that, and the Rochdale by-election had almost no impact on it on, on the result for Labour.
3: The Rochdale had no impact. Yeah, yeah, I get that, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it was. Um, I think that it was it was reform were the most interesting part. Of, I mean, I would say that of those people. <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> actually, they had <laughs> yeah of those two by-elections. But for Labour, do, there, there was... Um, you should get an Apple Watch.
2: You could have Richard Tice just up here telling you. I
3: don't need him. I've got him in my brain. Um, <laughs> there was, OK, again, the commentariat were talking about how people didn't understand what turnout means, because this was actually a really good result for Labour. If you looked at the turnout... Um, even though they only gained 104 votes in Wellingbrook. Have you turned out? Like, have you looked at it? And personally, I thought it was interesting that voters aren't running out their doors to go to the ballot box to vote for Labour, right? Mm. They're not like rushing to go and vote for them. They're staying home, clearly, to not to vote for the Tories, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not, they haven't gained anything extra. The exact same number, pretty much, people who went in the general went for this time's by-election.
1: Because I know what you expect in seats like like Wellingborough. It's not like there's like a hot liberal electorate willing to like rush out the door. It's just like there wasn't any decent right-wing option. Or your darlings in the reform party.
2: I think this is um, the problem, right, with, with all of these by-elections, is I think you look at... You're right, you analyse the it And it's kind of, you can't, it's impossible to make a direct comparison between a general election and a by election because a by election will doing pull. are it. <laughs> a by election will pull sort of like 38, 39, 40% right turnout as opposed to a general election where you would hope for. We're getting mid
3: 40s in mid beds and uh, Selstree. It's, it, mm. What's it? Been,
2: in, Selby. In, you mean Selby. Selby yeah. and Ainsley. Yes, we got there eventually. <laughs> um, and it's quite like it's it's, it's apples and pears but nonetheless I sort of see and feel I don't it's not a groundswell of support it's not this massive political movement in favor of Keir Starmer it's either Tory voters not turning out their majority is often roughly the size of the amount of vote that um, reform are pulling in and so I think you end up in a semi-extraordinary position where the Labour Party could win a 200 seat majority at the next election but it's actually pay, it's actually paper thin really it's, it's, it's reliant on Conservative voters being alienated and within one electoral cycle they could be won back round again and all of a sudden you know at, at present Keir Starmer needs a, uh, a swing bigger than Blair in 97 right to, to win an election you could have this huge swing in favour of the Labour Party they could have a massive majority the Tories could be reduced to a rump and within one electoral cycle it could fly back in completely the other direction it's um the, the the sort of the, the recipe for it is so volatile mm-hmm. that the possible outcomes are pretty nuts. Pretty nuts.
3: Yeah. Uh, You'd be pretty pissed if you were the Lib Dems this time round though, wouldn't you?
2: I'd be pissed if I was a Lib Dem full stop.
3: Well. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> in both seats, Wellingborough and Kingswood, they got more combined than the Lib Dems and Greens.
2: Who did reform?
3: Yeah. See that? the choice in, really is green or reform mm, there's yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. shilling
1: for the green party now as well yeah um, but they didn't I don't know I think in Wellingborough Libriums hadn't gotten over 10% since like 15 years ago it's not like a seat I don't think a seat they do well in I also think I'm going to should reform not be doing better if they are the insurgent party on the right
3: I hated when you put that in the chat on Friday yeah I know you did I actually tutted when you, when you <laughs> sent it through <laughs> but
2: uh, like so this so UKIP won by elections can we just do can we just do a little uh, can we just do a little um reenactment of that moment Over of, of me sending, Ed, yeah. sending message. messages arrived and yeah. can you how did you react what did you do
0: well
3: first I like you know wept because he finally messaged me and I'd been waiting all day <laughs> hoping
2: validation yeah
3: and then I saw what he said <laughs> and I was sick in my hands and then I <laughs> clapped it all over my face. <laughs> and then I rang Richard Tice. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: You'll
3: believe Yeah.
1: He's undoing all my hard
2: work. <laughs> yeah. But, but there was a really good video, I think it was from the Super Bowl, of an American football <laughs> or fan. Of
3: Richard Tice. just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: of an American football fan who's ginormous, huge, like, you know, enveloping a, a plastic seat. Mm. And he's so drunk. And he's just sat there with his hand in front of his face like this. Oh, yeah. Being sick and so it's kind of like spurting out the sides and all over himself and it keeps going and going and going and he's like stained brown and there's like a pool forming underneath That up is him. rank. Yeah. yeah,
3: I think that he needed an ambulance.
2: That, that's not a well That man.
3: wasn't wasn't good. So that
2: was you on Friday when Ed sent you the message? When, yeah. When I, when I suggested that. What did you suggest then?
1: I think reform, right, so Wellingborough is the type of seat that reform would hope to be hoovering up votes in. They got 13% which is only 3% more than they poll nationally do the are they it's the best they've done they got over the percent in both right it's the, be, it's the best they've done but is it, it's not brilliant it's not phenomenal did
3: you get 13% off of nothing in
1: a Tory seat I as not well, okay What well, what did Brexit poll there in in 2019
3: did they run there
1: that's a good question no, actually, I still I no, think they did they wouldn't not because it's a Tory seat it's, if, if, well, if reform are this insurgent right wing party and you are not doing well in a, in a place like Wellingborough how well can you be expect to be doing nationally like are, like uh, Councillor Tom Jones friends of the podcast described them as the party for golf club boars and this might prove that they didn't like if, if you can't even appeal to the people who've had Peter Bone as their MP for however long then are you are you
2: making a compelling case to the electorate
3: can I just show you something because this is actually crazy when you look at the numbers
2: this is something I got on WhatsApp from Richard Tice just to <laughs> No, go on. I'm no, I don't. No, sit. They,
3: they didn't run then, but in in twenty nineteen, the Conservatives got thir- Peter Bowen got thirty two thousand votes. Mm. Labour got thirteen thousand votes. Turnout was sixty four percent. Right. This time around, when the turnout was thirty eight percent, Labour got exactly the same thirteen thousand votes, mm. and the Conservatives got seven thousand votes. So, Rough. But but the but that's a collapse. That is a hell of a collapse. Yeah. yeah. That's ex- big numbers. I banned that word from myself. Yeah. Than Extra- what extraordinary? Yeah.
1: I don't like to say extraordinary anymore.
2: I would. Well, I would call that extraordinary. I
3: came in here would one day and it. Would you call it extraordinary? Said extraordinary twice, and then he was just like, oh, what new word or something."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ava just found out what extraordinary means. <laughs> this is not ordinary.
3: Wow! How out of the ordinary. <laughs> you can. That's a. That's a conjugal word. <laughs> what do you? What do you mean? It's
2: two vowels back to back. How does that work? <laughs> um. No, I, no, Ed, come on, be charitable. That's her job. <laughs> Ed,
1: it's not my join job. Join
2: Ava and be charitable <laughs> to reform right now. So, like, I think we're allowed to be skeptical. Polling thirteen in percent an, in an election is is no mean feat. It's not. I don't, but, I don't think you can poll thirteen percent in an election. Well, no, because I'm not the I'm not the fucking the savior of the
1: Tory right. I'm not Richard. No, Haze. but Ed,
3: two months ago when they had their press conference in. Um, but in St James's Park, people were saying they're not even going to get their deposit back, and they did it twice. <laughs> we got we coming? got two deposits back, boy.
4: it were personal
1: funds.
3: <laughs> stop but, making stop making it every time I talk about reform. That I I like I really like them because it's getting ridiculous. You, you I can stop talking
2: about them. yeah, but <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, no, come on, thirteen percent is impressive. It is impressive.
1: I think it's if you're pulling. nationally and you're in a very like that demographic of seat with the political opinions of that constituency is that to be expected and would you not be disappointed that you hadn't done you hadn't you had so the Tory voters did not want to vote for the Conservatives and they didn't even see you as a viable option worth turning out for
3: well half of the people who voted for the Tories did they also they got a third of the Labour vote
2: I think this percentage was this is the this is the thing for them is that a most people won't have even heard of them or know, know who they are what they are as a political party i think all of a sudden when you're polling 10 or 13 percent you're kind of you're still sort of you're in relatively fringe territory right you're in lib dem green you're way off the pace right with, mm-hmm. with labor and the tories but when the tories are polling 20 percent, your 10 percent all of a sudden looks incredibly relevant mm. doesn't it and just because they're not winning by elections doesn't mean that they are sort of irrelevant as an electoral force. 13% is, is fucking... is significant.
3: But one thing I will back on, that was their big candidate, Ben Habib, who was running in Wellingborough. Mm. After that, I don't know who they've got next.
2: It's mm-hmm. Simon Danchuk.
3: Oh, fuck. Yo, yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. Yeah. <laughs> Three. And who's, who's next to save the roof? Oh, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dickie! It's me, Eva. <laughs> get rid of Ben do you think David Vance is free
2: <laughs> just for people who aren't familiar with Simon Danchuk um, they're actually they're th- they're th- he's now one of the three former Labour members running in this election right um, but he was previously the MP for Rochdale in 2010 and 2015 he was suspended from the party for sexting a 17 year old girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love podcast <hate> La <laughs> how does that work with your like ardent reformist
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah! you've endorsed every other reform candidate Ava why, why have you said nothing about Simon Danchuk
3: I can't get hold of the there's a candidate running on a single issue for this Rochdale by-election anti-grooming and I can't get hold of him none of his he's got so many numbers and none of them work
2: do you remember that candidate oh,
1: the one in Hartlepool. was it Hartlepool yeah it was like a genuine sex offender convicted sex offender yeah just running. What was he
3: running? Pro-sex offending?
1: I don't... I've, no. <laughs> I don't... Did, we didn't... We didn't interview him in the end, did we? No, we tried. Yes. But it seemed like he was like, oh, well, n- no surprises here. It was e- apparently extremely bad vibes. So I think, <laughs> so I think we kind of mixed
3: it. I've got like an image of him being in like a cage. Like... <laughs> oh my God! You know, like cannibal like Yeah. Like the last candidate gets revealed and they just like... <laughs> pull up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Genuine question. Don't accuse me of the thing you're going to accuse. Could
3: it Sinn Féin win it. in Rochester?
2: <laughs> no, I'm not asking that question. Um, the age of consent for sex is 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is sex is sexting a 17 year old? Is that illegal? I wonder if this. I wonder if there was just in bad taste. <laughs> um, yes, it was a child.
1: You can't sex children.
2: Because if you're over 18, the age gap means the age consent laws <coughs> He's also
3: are. an MP, so he was in a position of power, wasn't he? Mm.
2: Like any adult should be sexing 17 year olds. So if you're 18, you sex a 17 year old. Where did oh, you okay. stand on that? Okay. <laughs> Our nuances, I suppose. Shades of grey. You're going to get a really weird
3: be- mix of people that um, come out and about. like with what you just said, there's like, when we talked about someone completely different Mm -hmm. and we said that they'd been texting someone under the age of 18, the number of people who wrote to me saying, what's wrong with that? I was 35 when I met my 14 year old wife.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there's a lot wrong with that. I can't help you, sir. There's (laughs) a lot explicitly wrong with that.
1: I I think whatever old Simon Dandrick was, he's old enough to be a Labour MP, that's too old to be sexting a schoolgirl.
3: Mm. yeah yeah
2: that's my line but at what point does he become too old 19
1: Eight, 18 and a half so, oh so it's a limited really? I remember there was, there was a guy I was in holes with I might listen to this podcast I actually don't know but in second year so he'd gone through first year of university without a girlfriend right new girlfriend in second year oh no it was a girl who was in sixth form from his hometown and you're like well that's oh, that's insane she can't come to the pub what are you talking about
3: that's well, she can if she has a meal with her drink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, COVID, imagine? ordering scotch eggs like it was Covid.
3: Imagine how many over 18 year olds got away with bringing their child brides <laughs> <laughs> because everyone had to get a meal with their drink. <laughs> oh,
4: for God's
3: sake. Is that what that was? Do you think that that's we could get quite a good um,
1: it was a, it was a cover up for Peter Yeah,
3: we could Eat get the quite... Yeah.
1: No, it wasn't he to help out? It was just no. It
3: was that was Scotch was egg, shop, Scotch egg.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say substantial meals. Substantial meals.
2: Yeah. Substantial yeah. meals. I think a pizza, pizza and twelve pints. God it pissed me off so much, especially when they were like so arsy about it. They'd be like, "No, you've had three pints." I never you had, need to order something else. I never had anyone be honest about it. I was only it, like I think the the landlord was kind of like winking at
1: you as you ordered your. I've m- never. To beer. Me. No? no, that's just an Ed thing. Yeah, he's
2: been like more charming to people, I'm trying to get the one side
3: yeah so and among then at every pub was having
2: no one among those candidates in Rochdale then who do you want to win <laughs> <laughs> yeah who's your pickhead Galloway Galloway Azar Ali who said that uh, Israel um, ignored can we actually him? just
3: not do any shade on them until I've actually been to Rochdale tomorrow because it would be really bad if they then listen to this before I get there and then we can't do it
2: okay Yeah. Who do you think, think um, listens uh, of all of okay well, let's put it like this Ava of all of the Rochdale candidates who do you think listens to the podcast Tony Lloyd he's dead
3: <laughs> I said what I said him and Diana listening to the podcast oh my god
1: in heaven With Paddington Bear
3: yeah whipping Captain Tom to keep walking
2: <laughs> in his spa
3: I hope that that's the distasteful comment that finally brings me down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you said way worse. So there's three former Labour Labour candidates: Ar- uh, Ali Galloway and J- Danchuk. hmm
3: Yeah.
1: Interesting. Scope of the Labour Party. <laughs> Is it? Is a? Is a? Is a, a broad church? It's a broad church. It's a broad church. It,
2: well, it was, you'd say it was a broad church. not anymore. Oh no, I suppose All no the now. The voices.
3: Yep.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> right. I should be allowed to sex this child. <laughs> They've been merged. Hang on, she's in maths now. She's busy. <laughs> sorry she's in detention her phone was confiscated <laughs> oh that's why they're banning it they're trying to stop MPs sexting school children
3: <laughs>
1: I get it
3: that's a great segue
1: oh, unbelievable. I now understand it it's, it's rife clearly in parliament still of people with burner phones
2: should we should we swap seats with a segway like that to, to the next conversation topic? <laughs> you want to come sit in the middle? No, I think I, I quite like doing it once in a while. Segways are hard.
3: Mm. Are you are you growing your hair out?
1: Yeah, Oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, uh, I get intensely bored with my hair every time. That's why I shaved no, it initially. So fucking countercultural, isn't it? Um, yeah, boring.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, I was quite. I, I thought it was quite stale. My buzz cut, and so I'm go, trying to just going to grow it and see what happens.
3: When you cut it and grow it again, whenever I look at it, like, when you come in in the morning, it grows so much. It reminds me of, like, when I was six and I had cress. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I get that.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. I had a skin fit a week ago. I'd never here. Ideal world, mm-hmm. what haircut do you have? Ooh. You're a Premier League footballer. You're taking to the pitch in the FA Cup final. What haircut do you want? Why am I a footballer in this circumstance? Just because they change their haircuts quite often. Okay. Um, you don't have to be. You can reject I didn't think like, you'd reject the trappings of Like that. real like flow,
1: like eighties flow kind of thing. Oh like a like, mane. Like, like like Brad Pitt with super long hair. Like, like your old hair. No, but my hair was I didn't let my hair grow long enough. I got bored. I know, and I also was in a horrible in between stage. I also styled it dreadfully. Alice band. I didn't have an Alice band. You keep saying that. I didn't. Oh pull up the it, fucking was, it was Ruben. It was Reuben.
3: Ruben, I'm Ruben sure wore an Alice You had an Alice band. band. I did not have
1: an Alice band. It would would have looked better had I had an elephant. Do you
3: know, he didn't. But what you did have was it parted and it sat quite well behind your ears, didn't it?
1: But then when it was longer, it was like, I should have, I should have, I'm also, I'm so lazy when it comes to actually like styling my hair. And with hair like that, you actually probably have to style it. Whereas I would just let it dry and it would look awful.
2: Sounds like a real catch 22 for you that you're simultaneously bored to death of your haircuts. But that means you inevitably get haircuts that require more attention, yeah. which you don't want to d- no. provide them with. Yeah, it's so difficult being me.
3: Were you with your girlfriend when you had the long hair?
1: I was, and then got my hair cut like, the next week.
3: Which which way did she prefer it?
2: Uh, it a shorter. To, her her to give an opinion, right? Shorter. It like a week preferred later. it shorter. Yeah, so a weekend. In, in the gradual sort of um, conquest of your life by mm. your significant other, <laughs> haircut. Domination of haircut is probably what, like one year in, two years in? I don't think she's any domination of my haircut. that will to come, be honest, that will come really, time, my yeah. guy. Oh,
3: no. You're not getting bored of it. She's whispering it at night. point Grow. Grow. Like
1: grass Grow like crest. I just got an egg. Do you grow grass and eggs? I made that
2: up. No, yeah. in. What?
3: Yeah, you used to I, put them in the shells
2: Lo- I thought it was like a loo roll thing, wasn't it? Oh, probably, no, probably no, or no, no. It. No, it's like kitchen towel, wet piece of kitchen towel. Yeah. To get
3: to yeah, but you put that. You didn't have the egg in there. You take the egg out mm. and you just have the shell.
2: I'm looking forward to um, germinating, starting to germinate some of my seeds. Mm. Yeah, coming up. Yeah, now it's getting warmer. My Cavol Nero has had a resurgence, but it's bolting. It's run to seed because it's been so warm. What's a Cavol Nero? Uh, it's like kale. Oh, okay. You know Cavol Nero. No, know no. Really?
1: Never heard of it. Never heard of that, <laughs> of that vegetable. No.
2: I'm sure you. I'm sure you're right. I just I haven't never heard of it. I'll just show you a picture so you know what we're talking about. It's, it helps, doesn't it?
3: Why not grow kale?
2: Um, it's just like personal preference, really. I'm <laughs> you know, take your pick.
3: <laughs> what do you uh? What like do you put it in? You seen
2: that? You oh okay, kale? yeah. I think.
3: Oh
1: yes, you've I've now,
2: I've seen it. Now you've
1: seen
3: yeah, it. That's a new phone as well.
2: No, I just took it out of the case.
3: Someone my, just completely money this guy. Someone had yeah.
2: No, I just took it out of the case.
3: Well, he but, was back on LBC this week.
2: Yeah. He's got that broadcast money.
3: They <laughs> actually pay him in cash. As he, <laughs> le-
2: as he leaves the buildings, <laughs> so there can be no contractual connection to us <laughs> after each broadcast. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Submit at phones? No, uh, no, sorry, yeah, you're desperate for me to not talk about my, my germinating seed. Oh, sorry, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Um,
1: what else have we got cooking in the allotment?
2: Uh, I will start probably with lettuce. And I might also try and force some marigolds. Um, something that I got wrong last year was that I wasn't doing enough sort of um, collaborative planting. Right. I w- didn't have enough flowers in my garden to attract predators, so I had a bit of an aphid problem on, oh, no. on my beans.
3: Oh, this is where the, the duck, suggest- yes. duck and slug suggestion yes. came from.
2: Yes, exactly. You will remember that. conversation? And so what
3: you've been told is no duck, no slug, flowers
2: well the, the, the insects that the, that the marigolds will attract they, they won't be able to do anything about the slugs I'm, I suspect unless I, get, unless I think parasitic wasps can, can fuck with slugs But oof.
3: that's a problem bringing all them wasps into your garden isn't
2: it yeah but anyway so that, so they will attract insects that will then eat the aphids that, that plague my crops and also the garden will look nicer because yeah. it will have flowers in it
1: yeah that's a great idea I think you should do gardening content
2: in your own. T- I've said this to you
1: before. I think you should have your, like your own gardening TikTok. You can be like Francis Bourgeois, but for gardening.
2: Maybe I'll do that. Why
3: yeah. don't you do it, but as thirst traps? for me? You should wear Seeds like in bio. You, yeah. You could wear dungarees with no shirt on underneath <laughs> and
1: assless dungarees. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Bum poking out. Marigold
2: in it with like the flap on the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, at lunch I saw, I saw one of my mates and he was telling me about he was in Berlin and they were going to go to Berkheim but didn't go to Berkheim but he had <laughs> worn his outfit they to <laughs> and so I said to him right so you're going to Berkheim right and I don't know let's say you're going to wear assless chaps to Berkheim are you just stood in the queue Bummer. in assless chaps do you have like a big coat mm-hmm. that you take off when you get there how does it work what do you do uh, do you just leave, w- leave your apartment in bondage gear? Mm-hmm. Not that, I no, not everyone wears bondage gear, but you know, in for it a helps. penny, in for a pound, it yeah, helps. when in Rome. I suppose, like, what do you do in the UK? Like, if you're going to a bondage club, do you wear a, a disguise? I think you'd wear a big coat. Nothing else? I think, you know, I'd want to say I feel regal enough to wear a fur coat. But the, I think people would look at me and go, uh, that man is wearing a thong under that. <laughs> <mask off." laughs> He's a gimp mask in hand. <laughs> A trench coat, probably, is what you're, is what you're talking about. No, but about. if you're yeah. wearing
3: coat over, like, tights, because I'm guessing, like, tights would be a part of that, possibly, it, you would just look like you're wearing a normal outfit. It's fine.
1: See, see, sometimes when I go to the gym in the morning and I wear shorts. You shouldn't wear tights. I don't wear tights very often. And if I did, that'd be fine. Anyway. 21st <laughs> <laughs> century, man. Come on. <laughs> but I, I, if I go to the gym in the morning and I wear my big coat over it, because it's so long, it's long, and I sometimes wear shorts to the gym. And if I do it up, it looks like I'm I'm just a flasher. Flashing,
2: which I thought it, we were being sex positive in the 21st century. Oh, well, flashing's
1: yeah. not—it's it's a crime, Ollie I think you should go and stand in fucking Rochdale, brother.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah, that's good. That, that's good. <laughs>
2: And the pro flashing party. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think there are that there are enough candidates in Rochdale to absolve us from a possible libel? With with you inferring that one or more of them maybe would flash. Yeah, I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was referring to none of you'd
3: be, them. You'd, you'd be a bit of a. You'd feel like a twat if you were the one who sued. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, this is obviously about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all know I'm the most likely. <laughs> they've got like a WhatsApp group.
3: I did not get my right to
2: reply.
1: <laughs> Someone says, have you, have, they, have you seen what they've been saying about you?
2: Total rhubarb. It's <laughs> the Politics Show. Cast. Ed, you've been, um, you've been up to some other, other bits and pieces, haven't you, uh, Joe? You've, yes. You've been delving into the world of maxing. Yes, I think it's for the end. right at at the end I would think
1: so why? because it's a long segment how long is it? like 20 minutes okay I'll do phones first you want to do phones first? I think phones first
3: well Ed you could have put it in there and then we could have come back to phones we didn't have to sit here in silence for 20 minutes where it would go
1: (laughs) We don't understand how editing works
3: no. <laughs> neither do the audience they still think this is a green screen <laughs> i'm so sick of it look,
4: look, audience.
3: you want to hear something it. else funny that was like there's like a wild conspiracy about so when it was just ed and i mm. and then like a couple of people kept coming in here to fiddle about in the cabinets and like we had to stop and start a few times because we're like who is that and where it's been cut you can just see the bit where we go like that and it cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> I,
2: I, I am actually a fan of a really hard smash cut. Yeah. Where it's clear that something has just been removed from the episode. Like, don't even paper it with a camera angle change. It's just, we're here and then we're here. Yeah. I like that a lot.
1: I like it as well. Should we all swap seats?
2: I offered it to you earlier. You deco- no, for a smash cut.
3: Your boyfriend does that a lot, doesn't he?
2: I don't know who I don't. I don't follow... Finn Taylor. Ah, yes. Of course. <laughs> mobile phones? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Gillian Keegan on the airwaves today, Ava, talking about issuing guidance to recommend that schools ban mobile phones during the school day. Yes. How do we feel about that?
3: So the new guidance will mean that teachers are allowed to go into pupils' backpacks to check if there is a phone in there and it will advise that it goes into a locker the entire time. So it's it's very, very good guidance if you think that the problem of mobile phones can be stopped by just not having them altogether.
1: Or do they just keep them in their bags?
3: But then you've legally made it not your problem, which is very clever, isn't it? Because the schools are now like, it took place on the phone, we told you not to bring that here. Bullying's not our problem.
4: <laughs> it's so fucking stupid.
3: Yeah,
1: I hate this. Oh, little Tilly is traumatised
3: because she's seen someone being, you know, attacked on TikTok. <laughs> she shouldn't have had a phone. <laughs>
2: she shouldn't have had a phone at school. Yeah. So, I see this differently to you guys. Here we go. Are you pro? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm anti banning sixteen year olds from having social media and mm-hmm. smartphones. I think that's just lud- uh, ludicrous. But I think. The strongest possible argument for it is to remove them from the school day, and I don't think you are going to um, stop bullying. I don't think you are going to stop you know, all of that stuff. I am not suggesting that it does. I think purely from a focus on your fucking lessons, mm-hmm. be educated. I think it's a good thing to not have fun. But they can, the but they can do
1: this anyway. There is no need for this announcement.
2: Like head teachers can, can just do that. Well, uh, yeah, they can, but I think it's, it's sort of like almost like a bit of a catch twenty two, sort of empowering them. I know this because I went, uh, I did a talk at my school and I chatted to a couple of the teachers about it and they said they felt very conflicted because on the one on one minute there'll be in a lesson like um, dishing a link out to students to be like, they'll survey the whole class, right? They'll answer, ask a question and people answer it on their phones so and mm-hmm. they can see oh, 50% of you said blah. And then the next minute once he's finished that and if someone still has their phone out, he then confiscates it and you know, come and get it at the end of the day. They fit, They thought that it's like on the one hand a very useful classroom aid and then on the other hand a very negative thing in the classroom. And they felt like the direction it was going in was that they were going to be banning phones during the school
3: day. You see that that uh, some teachers were worried because they'd been getting filmed
2: mm. by
3: pupils. That seems crazy. Yeah, but to me, I don't. I see it as like <clears throat> drinking. Like mm. drinking is going to be a part of your life whether you decide to consume alcohol or not when you turn 18 right yep. and if you've been around it and socialised with it yep. before you're 18 you don't end up drunk in the ditch at yep. freshers yep. because you,
2: you can But you, control. but you wouldn't recommend that they were doing tequilas during the school day
3: see that's where you're wrong <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you know what does need banning? teachers on TikTok who film stuff during the day in their classroom winds me up like they're just doing, they're just doing stuff for content they're not like teaching they're, do you ever see those? and it's like it's like it's, it's never of the children it's like front facing camera damn it and then it... i
3: don't want to see it yeah.
1: <laughs>
4: rochdale
1: <laughs> um but they just like make they're doing stuff for content and they do, do like it's like a call and response thing and it's dumb i think you should be concentrating on doing a lesson
3: the kids who than... play wordle the I teachers don't... who play wordle with the class
2: yeah i'm not gonna lie guys this feels like not the problem. Yeah. To be honest with you, well, TikTok <laughs> you know is It in a den. Well, they should ban that too.
1: If the children can't piss about their phones, why do the teachers load it?
2: Yeah. Look, fine. Yeah. No I th- phones. I tell you what, that'll get a lot more buy-in from the pupils. The teachers too. Your teachers also will not have their phones. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I would back that, but then that's not fair on the teachers. I don't think. I think that you've got to learn to live alongside it, and I think it would be better to for the government to be concentrated. So it's just is pie in the sky. Pipe dream, but like to be concentrating on trying to regulate big tech than to to try and curtail it at the back end. But,
1: but then that's also the problem as well. It's like this government is fucking finished, and they're just announcing things, so there's there's, there's something to talk about.
3: Yeah, but you know, like the, the problem with like what I didn't like this morning was the I, I Brianna Jai's mother was being used as the sort of focal point or the push the peg. point, mm-hmm. the peg hook yeah. for this news story. And she hadn't really said anything about it at all. She just she'd clearly been asked a question by journalists that was like, Do you think phones in schools are bad? And she said yes. And then that was the big headline. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think previously before not in relation to this, but she'd said that there should just be that kids should there should be a ban, right? That kids yeah, should but be banned she's, from she's accessing... a grieving.
3: What I mean is she's a grieving mother who's totally upset agree. about losing her child. Yeah. And instead, she's not a policymaker. No, for, like, for sure. That's, no,
2: that's exactly what I think. It's it's like who can we go to for a reactionary response to this, probably yeah. someone whose daughter was was murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think she'll family
3: mind family? about the Rishi stuff yeah. while we're there? Like, so, you know, also, sorry that Rishi said that thing. Uh, by the way, could you endorse his new no phone campaign?
1: It's also as well like the people the people who killed Brianna, J, Brianna Jai were accessing torture porn on the dark web. If they weren't they weren't in school it, like being on your phone in school and being on normal social media was like it was i don't want to say it wasn't an issue but have, be, being able to access it's, i think it's, it's policy and lawmakers are so behind with what kids are actually using can do on the internet if you explained to Rishi Sunak what tor was
2: you were like i don't i've no idea what i are talking about it. i heard a really good thing on um someone was being interviewed about it <laughs> and it's tor is you know the the onion router right that's what it stands for because it's like um the vpn moves you around constantly mm-hmm. but, <laughs> an expert had been brought onto broadcast media and they're like so there's they use this thing called the Tor, and it's called Tor because it's like an onion there's so many layers of secrecy <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there's, layers, there's layers and layers of secrets <laughs> i don't think that's why it's called that i think it's because it's got a multi-layered um, vpn <laughs>
3: like some... an onion
2: <laughs> yeah but um that was funny anyway it's yeah and also red rooms right there's a lot of chat oh they, the, the the so the the girl who who killed, was part of the two of them that killed Brianna. It was like um, people were talking again. This is how far off sort of like the the media discourse about this thing is. Right, they're saying oh she accessed red rooms. Right, she she, she was accessing red rooms on the dark web. There has been no proven evidence that red rooms exist. Right, that people live stream torture and murder mm-hmm. and that the audience can interact with it. It's never been proven to exist. It's like a, a repeatedly recurring urban myth. Mm-hmm i've looked (laughs) (laughs) well actually yeah i mean i i I kind of have i've done the research and i've also read about it it's not real like there are there are red room websites on the dark web and virtually all of them are scams they're like you know send me a bitcoin and you'll get the link don't worry it'll Mm -hmm. be super fucked up like no there was a there was a really famous one where they someone someone claimed that they um taken a couple of isis fighters hostage and they were gonna like feed them bacon and stuff it was like Jesus Christ the, the, the jihadi red room right and it was just a fucking scam it was just, like, it's, it's just there's a difference between a 16 year old girl searching for red room content mm-hmm. on the dark web and it actually fucking existing. Think, well, Torchborne certainly exists. Oh, no, it definitely, it definitely does. Look, uh, but not the live stream element. No, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, uh, you might feel like I'm splitting hairs here, but it's really important because a red room is a specific thing. It is a specific thing. It's, it's live streamed, and it's the, the sort of the capacity to have input and direct what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's a very different thing to watching snuff. You know, like those videos have existed and will exist forever. Like murder videos were on the internet before the dark web, was, mm-hmm. dark web existed. Um, and yeah, There's plenty of that stuff out there. I mean, there's fucking tons of child abuse on the dark web. You know what I mean? It's like one of the main reasons it exists, other than sort of like those illicit transactions for things like drugs and others, is that it's a place where a lot of child porn is hosted. Mm -hmm. But just because those horrible things are there, we have to be careful and specific with the language we use. Because... As far as anyone else is concerned, it's never been proven. There aren't red rooms out there. Yeah, like it's 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 not the same thing. It needs to be accurate, and especially like if you're if so many people are so unaware
1: of the detail of it, it needs to be. Well, they should they should have the truth, shouldn't they, mm. about it?
2: Also, I think the judge <laughs> even said it in the sentencing: the bloke, um, the boy who killed her, like he was transphobic. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, hundred percent. And she, literally, the judge says he was motivated by transphobia. I think there's been a little bit of sort of selective engagement with that trial and what happened and it might be a learning slightly the wrong lesson to be like
4: no well
2: ban, ban the phones yeah yeah. <laughs> whilst the Prime anyway. is making transphobic <laughs> jokes at the anyway style. back to our debate back, back to norm- <laughs> the next debate normalising transphobia
1: good or bad <laughs> <laughs> perverts want to use bathrooms
2: <laughs> thoughts <laughs> they want gender neutral bathrooms so they can vape in them these kids have gone mad <laughs>
3: I went into a gender-neutral bathroom the other day and there was paint all over it. Oh my god, it. It,
2: and you <laughs>
1: <laughs> See, the first time I used a gender-neutral bathroom, it was at a club night in Edinburgh, and it was just like, they'd just labelled both gender bathrooms, like, all genders. And I walked in and there was, like, just lots of girls in there, doing what girls do at night out and just standing chatting. And it was, I was like, I, was like I'm, I need to bring, I went and got my friend to come with me because I was like, I feel like an absolute pervert. <laughs> I felt like, I was like, can you just come with me? And like, I'm sure they wouldn't mind, but I just like, don't want to go in alone <laughs> <laughs> because I fell into the stall. No, I'm like walking in. I, there wasn't
3: go, a urinal in front of everyone.
1: No, 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 it was like in the stall. But then I was like.
2: If, <laughs> if that was happening yes, in the bathroom with urinals. Yes. But there was like Thirty to fifty feral women behind. Feral women, they weren't feral. Like feral, you know, like feral hogs. that yes. the I was referencing. Would you use the urinal? I don't think. I they think they'd have thing. to give a screen. <laughs> but they're all in yeah. Excuse me, ladies.
6: Yeah.
1: Excuse me, ladies. <laughs> I'm gonna do some business here, ladies. <laughs> um, no, I think it probably. Used. I think <laughs> <laughs> splash.
2: <laughs>
1: I think I still use the
2: stole what would, you, what would you do? Yeah, I think you'd like to think you used the stall. I think drunk me would probably be like, I'm entitled to do this. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Normalize it. <laughs>
1: Normalize me pissing.
3: I'm fine with this it. This is woke
1: now. <laughs> Ignore the color, ladies, and this, the smell. This is,
2: this is Keir Starmer's Britain.
1: <laughs> I've never drank water. Mostly solids, they say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my doctor told me I'm at risk of death. <laughs> 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 Just a kidney stone. <coughs> Nothing to worry about.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can I squeeze your hand? <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs>
2: me in the gender neutral (laughs) toilet getting out my gallstone (laughs) (laughs) squeezing it like a chip of toothpaste
3: (laughs) I hope this is the episode that that bloke from The Spectator I was talking to earlier listens to (laughs) I hope it's this one I think you'll enjoy it I think you'll like the podcast (laughs) we have never had it so
2: good. It's the Politics Show cast. So Ed, tell me, um, tell me about getting into gender neutral toilet maxing. That, <laughs> <laughs> what does that involve?
1: What does that? So uh, that's when you use it really efficiently like we've just done. Yes. Um, so journalist Ben Zand in an episode for Channel 4's Life Uncovered was investigating the world of trans maxers, which is essentially when you're an incel and you transition to being a woman because you want to have sex. And so I caught up with him last week and made a conversation about his documentary.
2: And just before we listen to that, maxing is a, is sort of a community. It exists beyond just being trans, right? You can max other things. Yeah,
1: so it comes from like the idea of like when you have a video game character, like, say, a World of Warcraft character, and you maximise your stats. It's like you, you enhance your stats to play the game better. And then, so there's looks maxing, which can take quite... So it goes on a scale from, like, going to the gym to get bigger muscles and look better to, like, jaw hammering to get a better jawline and leg lengthening surgery which is like they break your legs at an infinite amount of times and not infinite, presumably there's a limit <laughs> and so they grow be
2: careful with your language if you're it.
1: and then there's me. a red room that they make you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's the idea of improving it's like an incel term for going out of your way to do something to improve your life in some way there's also SEA maxing which is going to south, which is Southeast Asia maxing, which is going to Southeast Asia for sex tourism.
3: Is there an argument that the trans maxing community are being used by the Telegraph to <laughs> to explain what just it's not the other? Yeah, that's
1: what I, I. I think we discussed this in it, but like insels and um, that kind of alt right fandom or community rather, they they like prank each other. They do things there's there's, 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 a tra- there's a transmaxing manifesto, which is one of the most ludicrous things I've ever it's like hundred pages manifesto yeah' it's, it's, wor- it's worth the read, and they, one of them is standing in
2: <laughs> Frochdale. <laughs> but but it's the things. only manifesto you've ever read. yeah, it's the most important but there's things And that, the Unibomber. but there's <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there's elements um, of it like they suggest that if you transmax in Ukraine you transmax in Ukraine, one of the benefits is you would be conscripted.
3: You wouldn't be. Yeah,
1: Could you be a woman. And so it's also, it's a really interesting dynamic in kind of gender identity in that they don't, it, they're not like we're trans women, like we're still guys, which look like girls. Trans, like it's, they're, they're not terribly charitable but to, is to trans But isn't there
3: repercussion for like, the, the punishment for not, for failing to turn, to turn up to conscription, isn't it like you become a social pariah and like you have to leave uh. the country, like, you know, you're not allowed to be, there, or you would go to prison or whatever, how would transitioning help you in that situation? Because surely you would then still be the person who didn't do conscription, but instead of saying, oh, because he didn't want to go, they go because...
1: They were transmitting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't really think anyone, I would really doubt anyone in Ukraine has actually done it. And I don't think the, author, the anonymous author... Was
2: as the bombs rained down also, but, but, on Kiev. This this, this, this is there are like twenty blokes outside <laughs> waiting. Did all... you
3: know that your money, your money, taxpayer money, is going to a Tavistock, Ukraine?
2: <laughs> Tavistock, Kyiv? I can't wait to read about this one on herd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is up my chat with Ben. Ben Sand. Welcome to politics, It's Joe. Thank you so much. For um, Thanks for coming in. Uh, how how would you introduce yourself? Before I would probably butcher it.
5: Uh, I'm a documentary maker. Simple, yeah. Journalist and documentary maker. I like to um, uncover the more difficult sides of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, speak to interesting folks.
1: That's a good way of putting it. And you speak to very interesting people in your series Life Uncovered, and particularly in your episodes about transmaxers, mm-hmm. which wasn't. It sounds. I doubt the audience will be familiar with the, with what transmaxing is. Um, what what is transmaxing?
5: I mean, I suppose from how I've interpreted it, it's a um, it's an extension of of lux maxing, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm also making a documentary about, uh, and uh, it's kind of this idea that you're trying to kind of become um, the the upscaling yourself in some way, and uh, either by some people will redefine their jaw. Or they'll you know if they're gonna soft max they'll go to the gym something quite simple to try and change their opinion i mean their, their appearance to be the kind of you know most attractive version of themselves trans maxing kind of takes that and says okay well um you know there's a kind of manifesto that you know and, and the idea is well some men are actually just more attractive as women um so they might not feel like a woman or you know have uh gender dysmorphia or kind of Uh, sensibility that they were born in the wrong body, they just think that they actually genetically are uh, more attractive physically as a woman. So they're a man that starts to kind of transition to be a woman solely for kind of sexual reasons. Mm, And they, they talk about the other benefits that can be reaped from being a woman one of which
1: was cheaper car insurance. Yeah, cheaper Isn't car it? insurance. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, the manifesto is, is worth buying... a read for those interested in as well. As a point of curiosity, I, not, not as, not as a, a handbook, I would yeah, say, yeah, but yeah. it's pretty extraordinary.
5: Yeah, and people, people buying you cheaper drinks at a bar was one of them, for example, that kind of, I suppose, really stereotypical kind of male, female roles. Mm. Um, the kind of manifesto uh, suggests that, you know, should you kind of transition as a woman um you'll kind of get those benefits and although you might not feel like a woman in most cases they don't it actually the manifesto specifically says um you know it's not for people who feel as though they're in the wrong body mm. um it's for people who kind of want to game the system which is obviously very controversial mm. it's also it's like it seems to discredit
1: trans identity at all in that sense i think it seems to like this is a choice and we're doing it for our benefits and i think I I think well, a a trans colleague watched watched it um, and was like, "This completely alienates or this um, the existence of this transmatting ideology." They found quite they took it as an affront to their identity, and they also, um, I think, it's 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 such an it's such a bizarre thing because why would you take why would you can't get really wrap your head around why someone would take such extreme steps for such kind of incremental incremental gains um, how did you come across the ideology
5: uh, from making a film about incels mm. I think we spoke about that film yeah. um, I'm also making a documentary about luxmaxing, which is which we kind of briefly covered it's kind of like you know going down the rabbit hole and just kind of finding <laughs> one thing and then finding another thing and then finding another thing um, and uh, you know through luxmaxing, maxing uh, which um, you know uh, through the incel doc I made you know there's a guy in that who kind of was hammering his face and he was kind of mewing and putting his tongue in specific positions in his mouth to try and change his jawline. And some people get leg lengthening done and, you know, and uh, one aspect of that is like, um, is the idea that kind of some, uh, men kind of can't really look smacks because maybe they are, um, are smaller or they have more feminine tones or, and, uh, and for them to kind of, you know, become their more supreme self. It's actually better for them to just look like a woman because they'll get actually better sexual interactions in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, you know, it is a, it's a kind of very, uh, it's controversial because of that idea, which is that it's not saying transition because, you know, say you feel like a woman or this is something, you know, that you've struggled with. It's purely a kind of, you know, tactical move to say that I'm going to have more, uh, opportunity in my love life by looking like
1: a woman. So, in your documentary, you go and visit a transmaxer called Sammy. What did you expect a transmaxer to be like, and what did Sammy meet those expectations?
5: So, I expected a transmaxer to be kind of uh, somebody who was completely Machiavellian and uh, was just kind of, uh, I suppose, slightly, maybe. <sighs> i don't know taking the mick out of it or um i don't know odious in some mm. way uh, i'd say uh, sammy wasn't i i mean i you know um i quite liked them mm. um you know we spent time together they seemed like somebody as many of these i suppose more conspiratorial um ideas that come into the world who was just kind of misguided Or perhaps using it as a kind of um maybe they were on their own trans journey and they were kind of using this as their reasoning you know it's so complicated um there's a kind of scene within the in the film where um we go through the kind of trans maxing manifesto which is wild you know as as you said you know read it and the kind of points in it are just even like the testimony in it of like You know, there's a bit with the film where I'm kind of laughing my head off and it's not I'm not laughing at anything beyond it's just absurd you know it's a guy who's talking about the fact that he's really you know I think he's small he's got like a tiny penis mm-hmm. you know that's how kind of specific it is he's got like a micro penis and mm-hmm. that was the kind of decision making is that if I have a micro penis and I'm small then it I've makes no sense options. for me to become a uh, you know to become a woman that's the only option I have because I'm more feminine There, was, there was a hierarchy of options for for incels, basically and, the, and well the
1: transmanting manifesto you 'd expect to say number one choice is it ranges from the, the, the best case thing the best thing you can do is medically transition to being a woman, and then the worst option is suicide, and in between those there's like sex crimes, zoophilia, mm. et cetera, which I think really shows the headspace of, of the author
5: it does it does, and I think like it shows the headspace of that world, which like you know I kind of found this when doing the incel doc as well, which is like, uh, it's, it is just actually quite upsetting Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time because like it's loads of men who are trying to kind of find themselves trying to find their place in the world. And they kind of, you know, uh, often don't have a huge amount of friends in the real world and a huge amount of interaction. And they find themselves on these forums and the forums start telling them that they have the answers to the world's problems. Under these really extreme kind of solutions that make absolutely no sense, and yeah, quite often it's either do this insanely radical thing or kill yourself. And it's like they're the only <laughs> option you have. Your, your life is just over already unless you kind of take these paths, and it is tricky, you know, for and me to get my head around. And if you don't have a strong social network in real life to
1: tell you to tell you that, then it just just reinforces if everyone on your community, if all the anonymous people you're communicating with. Are telling you these are the only two options, and no, and there's no one in reality that you can speak to—a romantic partner, a close friend. You maybe don't have the best relationship to your family. You can see how you, you can you can empathise with like how people get themselves into these headspaces.
5: Totally, yeah, and I think I mean I I always try and come at it from a point of empathy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not actually going in there to ruin lives at all. You know, it's actually the opposite. I'm trying to say, look, these people exist. They opposite. They kind of operate on the fringes of society they think that they're onto something you know first Mm -hmm. of all are they (laughs) you know let's talk to them about it and then secondly if not why are they thinking like this and i'd say yeah quite often it's like they're, they're lost and because they spend so much time in these forums they've actually and they don't have kind of positive role models around them or they don't have people that they can actually talk to they're not going to therapy they actually just lose grip on reality and i've had it where i'm actually with somebody Um, and they're telling me a version of the world that is just patently not true. If you look around and then they get so upset because you won't, you won't kind of conform to that idea and they don't get upset in a way that, you know, they're trying to have an argument with you. They get upset in a way that they truly believe it, you know, Mm -hmm. because they've been so brainwashed into thinking that way. And then when you don't kind of take on board what they're saying, it's kind of like the house of cards is crashing down Mm. And they're so upset about it so it, it's just yeah it's 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 really sad really yeah. it's
1: really sad i was going to come to, onto this later but there is all the all these phenomena that, like, people talk about a crisis of masculinity i think there's a piece in a newspaper today on the, on the day of filming about why young men are right-wing or turning to right-wing ideologies or extreme ideologies like andrew tate's the most popular person in the, in the mm. world there's incels there's transmaxers. there's maxers. Why do you think there is this crisis of people? Because I, I think, well, 40 years ago, people didn't have these, your role model would have been, I don't know, someone in the cure or somebody. It wouldn't be like an anonymous person who'd written a 100-page manifesto. Do you think, how, how much do you think these online communities play into it? And do you think there's, do you think there's a solution to this? Do you think there's a, a bam to this?
5: I mean, I think, like, um, I think there's a lack of kind of, direction for a lot of people. I think, I think there's like, you know, a lot of people feel very lonely and they feel disconnected from the wider world. Um, and they're not entirely sure of what direction their lives should take. Um, and they don't have kind of positive role models, um, on mass. They just have kind of social media influences la Andrew Tate, Mm. or somebody kind of offering them like a get rich quick scheme and Mm -hmm. telling them that the kind of secret to manliness is to be strong and aggressive and To kind of make trillions of dollars and the reality is you know that's very difficult to achieve Um, i think for a long time i think a, a lot of men have been told by uh you know that they are being um you know kind of pushed to the side and criticized and kind of they feel out of place and i feel in the absence of a clear direction they are finding you know individuals like andrew tate i think that whether well, there's a solution to it. I mean, for me, the solution is like um, to just have my own kind of principles and values. You know, I read a lot of stoicism and I look at kind of like, you know, back in ancient Rome, they had philosophy of life schools where you'd kind of look at who you want to be and what you want to be. And and like my philosophy is trying to just, you know, be a nice guy, leave people's lives better than how I kind of entered them and, and kind of, you know, treat people well, I think like Um, But I don't know how you roll that out on a kind of a wider scale. I just know that the answer isn't kind of falling deep into internet hell holes. You know, I think like it's about kind of community and reconnection. I think like obviously there's a lot of mental health issues that people don't address. um, And instead of actually seeking out help, they'll seek out some random person on the internet who's just chats a bit of poo, you know, (laughs) I'd actually say that is a major problem, which is, um, you know, people are disconnected because they're on the internet a lot. Um, they don't have, you know, huge social circles. Maybe they've left school and they haven't got people around them. They then start to feel, you know, down and depressed and they have issues. And instead of seeking out actual support, such as therapy, you know, men's mental health, something that's spoken out a lot, you know, like, or talking to people openly and having like an actual space to do that. They instead dive into the internet and, and usually it'll start with like one Google of like, why do I feel like this? Mm-hmm. And it might be one bit of support because they found a forum on Discord or mm-hmm. something or whatever that people are saying, I also feel like this. So there's that kind of sense of, I now feel, you know, I feel a shared sense of belonging. But the problem is the next stage beyond that is, well, actually the way you feel the reason you feel like that is actually because you're just not attractive enough enough. It's not because you have, you know, some un, you know, addressed issue from your childhood <laughs> that makes you feel, you know, abandon, abandonment or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's actually just because your physical appearance isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. So if you do these things, then you'll feel fine and they fall into that conspiracy and then it kind of extends into a whole other world, which is actually, well, men and women have specific roles. You need to fill that role as a man. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets darker and darker and darker. So I think uh, people need to address their problems mm. prior to going down this route. It's interesting as well because incels or people within the in cell universe,
1: I guess it's always about I'm not attractive because I'm five foot two, overweight, I'm spotty, or whatever. But lots of my friends are very nice people. They might not be the they may not be the most handsome person in the world, but it, they don't. They're not. They're, they're sexually active because they're. They're yeah. nice people, they're friendly. Is it is something like it, there should be like a, a crusade of someone to go into every incel forum and just say, just be nicer and you might <laughs> you might get laid. Yeah, because I mean the, just I suppose pity and wallowing.
5: I mean there is I suppose there's two things to this. One is that there is data that proves that if you're more attractive, life is a bit easier. Yeah. That so that's true. But then I think they take that and just take it too far because I've met many incels yeah. <laughs> and they are not ugly you know, they're like good looking people mm-hmm. often, quite often, you know, and I think like, um, it's like, as you said, if you're somebody who's got, you know, who's trying hard, they've got this stuff together, you're trying to build something, you're, you have a kind of growth mindset and you're trying to, you know, address your issues. People will respond to that and mm-hmm. we'll, you'll find love eventually. And you're actually, if you actually put yourself out there and quite often with sales, you meet them and it's like, they, they're not you know they're not engaging with the outside world. They're not going outside. Um, they're trying things like looks maxing or trans maxing instead of just actually meeting people. And then they don't, they can't quite connect the fact that if you're not going out, meeting people, making an effort, then obviously you're not going to have mm-hmm. any interactions with people. So it's not, you're, it's kind of like it was a non-starter because you never actually made that effort in the first place. And it's kind of easier to fall into the forums in a way. Yeah, I suppose because if they
1: turn up looking like Chad, they've looks maxed. To the nth degree, they've got their chisel jawline. They've got done their leg lengthening, and then they, they've got no chat, or they've got like yeah. <laughs> all they've got to talk about is their looks, maxing and leg lengthening surgery. Yeah, and it's like
5: a mask, isn't it? It's like yeah. you know, if you you know, it might work for a few seconds, but you kind of just need to work on yourself mm-hmm. um, and kind of, as you said, get the chat. And the <laughs> chat isn't like some Andrew Tate style no, chat no, where no. like you talk in a really specific way and everyone's gonna love you. It's just like just learning to. Interact with people in like a, you know, reasonable way in which you're not kind of trying to screw them over and they're not trying to screw you over and you're just being genuine, you know, it's like, and and that's the thing, which is like, they don't want to be themselves because they don't like themselves, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're they're, they're nice people underneath Mm the conspiracy. That's the thing is like, and it's not that I'm saying, uh, I'm not like advocating for incels. <laughs> I'm just saying like, they just quite often, there's the young people. Yeah. Um, vulnerable. Who have, Very uh, vulnerable and really vulnerable who have fell into these horrible ideologies. Mm. Like with anybody, you know, I spend my life meeting kingpins and drug lords and criminals. <laughs> it's quite often similar. It's similar. Mm. These are like kind of people who come from really troubled backgrounds who have just fallen into this thing. And like, um, and they've, they've now started to assume that that's the only way they can live and everyone around them, things like that. And they've lost grip, it's, yeah. So it's, I mean, how you pull them back is another question, I don't know.
1: It's also the anonymity of the inseldom incel- and the manifestos. Like I think about like QAnon, Q's just a guy. Q's just a guy who made up QAnon. Mm. And I wonder if with the transmaxing manifesto, it could well just be a prank by like a malicious actor who's written all this and said they could have completely because the author's anonymous, the author, author's name is yeah. Ver, like Vertiligo or something like that. And yeah. then you've say you go along with it and you, then you're trapped in the wrong body all because someone online said it would make you feel happier. It's, it's, it, the, the cost of it are quite remarkable.
5: No, they are. They are. And I think, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I suppose whether or not there's whole, obviously there's a whole conversation around this, this kind of um that has become a major culture war issue. Mm-hmm. But I think like um I think in this instance these aren't people who are saying that they're born in the wrong body, you know, they're people who are saying um that they they didn't feel attractive as a man. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like as you said, the struggle with all these things is like it could just be a bit of a prank. Mm. You know, like because uh, there's so much of that kind of trolling within these forums. Um, or it could have been someone probably was someone in a really bad place themselves mm. who is just this, is just kind of regurgitating all of the kind of horrible thoughts that they were told from other people. They've put it into this thing that makes it look official. It seems like a step-by-step plan mm. and like, yeah, where where does that end up? You know, like what are the consequences? And, you know, I think, um, it, you know, the other side of it is that, and I think maybe, um, this is kind of. Uh, maybe Sammy's story or at least part of it, which is, I think some people can use it as um, part of their actual story Mm. of, of, you know, feeling as though they were in the wrong body, you know? And I think like, you know, and that was the question I had whilst making it was like, are these kind of, are they men who are just pretending to be women to get sexual gratification mm-hmm. are there people who are actually or who feel trans but um kind of can't admit it and they're using this as a cover um and i guess it's very difficult to know yeah i think that
1: that was the from from watching it i kind of got the impression that sammy was using it as a crutch on their own journey i suppose And I, and i kind of think i don't i think regardless of how what, what would the like black-pilled you are or red-pilled or whatever, however, whatever level of pill you are as an incel. To go through the, the actual procedures involved requires such a, le- a deep level of re- brainwashing. That I do think it, it'd be very hard to do that if you didn't have some level of, hmm. of gender dysphoria. And also, I think the manifesto is incredibly dishonest about the experience of being a trans woman in in this country, regardless of whether or not you are a trans maxer, you will be perceived as a trans woman and trans woman face are hugely disproportionate about the violence, they're stigmatised. And there's also that element of it as well, which I think is dangerous for the trans themselves for putting themselves in that situation, perhaps unnecessarily. And I also think it could be dangerous for trans people, because trans as an ideology, if someone is aware of that identity, they can, any trans woman can therefore be accused of being, oh, you're not real, you're not real woman. you're a trans maxer. Was, it, was was that something that you had in mind when you were?
5: Yeah, and I think you know, it's um, it was definitely a show uh, we thought a lot about, and I think it's kind of controversial in every possible way. Mm. You know, it's kind of offensive um, to women because it's the idea that like uh, life's just easier as a woman yeah. and like, you know, you just <laughs> which like, is which, is just, yeah, <laughs> which, you know, many people would uh, make some very strong cases for why that's not true. <laughs> um, through the comments will be Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, uh, as you said, it's, it's kind of problematic for the, the trans community because you know, people could then use that as a kind of to write off their experience. Um, so I think it's obviously, uh, tricky Uh, i think everything i do is tricky and Mm -hmm. really difficult and obviously we have to think about why are we doing this and and i think at the end of the day i'm a guy who believes that uh, you know these things exist and they are growing in the darkest depths Mm -hmm. of the internet um and kind of challenging them and exposing them is the best way to kind of address it and you can pretend loads of things don't exist but they do Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter just because you pretend they don't so i think there's a there's a value in it. And, and as I said, you know, I see my role in this really as, uh, not having, I try not my best to not have any opinions. You know, sometimes I may seem as though I do. I really try not to in these scenarios at the end of the day, it's just like people live their lives in a trillion ways. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I can't, I'm not certain about which ones are correct, but like, I'm trying to be like the kind of middle ground the kind of just back and forth. I'm always trying to be the devil's advocate in those scenarios. And I think there's actually a big, audience for that at the moment because yeah. everything is so freaking polarized um you just have loads of people pretending they know what they're talking about and they don't because mm-hmm. you know they haven't really experienced the world so it's like i'm not actually pretending i know what i'm talking about i don't at all i'm just trying to be somebody who can like elicit some information from somebody give kind of challenge them a little bit and then just say to the audience all right take it as you will you know like my my my, my tagline on uh I think on social media is like uh, I make documentaries and then people send me offensive messages on the internet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <I could absolutely laughs> Which is that, basically exactly what happens
5: <laughs> each time. But quite often also you do get a lot of messages saying, oh, wow, this has raised my, uh, mm. you know, I didn't know this existed. Yeah.
1: Is there anything that you particularly want to cover that you haven't been able to yet? You spent some time in some, inter- in some interesting company. Is there, do you have like a white whale of a community or a person that you'd love to spend some time with?
5: Well, we've just made one about psychics that actually came out to yesterday, Mm -hmm. which was like a big topic, like kind of mystic mystics and psychics is something I'm always really interested in. I just think, I mean, for me, like masculinity, conspiracies, Mm -hmm. kind of supernatural, like that will always be what I want to do in the trillion guises that it kind of comes out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, you know, um, I, there's not any kind of specific thing. There's loads of things that I'd love to do. and yep. just kind of really it's people that I want to meet. Yep. That's kind of usually how it works. I'll see somebody and be like, I really would love to know why they think that's correct mm. you know, like religions fascinating to me, like an extreme religion, like Scientology and all that, you know, it's, it's just very interesting how you get people who believe really hardcore things genuinely, you know, and I think it's like meeting those people who are convinced that they have the secret to the world's mm-hmm. ills. And I'm just like, okay, I mean, like, tell me about it. Like, if, and I say this in the psychic film, that's just come out, you know, I say to the guy, like, if you can actually talk to dead people, that's like absolutely incredible. You know, that, that will literally change the foundation of existence. So it's like, if you can. You settle
1: every argument.
5: I know, it'd be amazing. So it's like, and I know a lot of people truly believe they can. So it's like, if you can, that's amazing. So I kind of go into it like please convince me because i don't know why i'm here you know (laughs) i don't know the meaning of life i wish i did i've been searching for it my whole life i can't can't figure it out loads of people think they do Mm. so it's just like prove it to me and if you can i am an acolyte you know i will i will follow you i'm your disciple for the rest of time up until this point they haven't i suppose
1: yeah yeah i never thought about how small time mediums are or being like they just do like stage shows, yeah. you like at the UN, being like that. I know exactly. Like, I've sp- I've spoken to Nelson Mandela. If this you had that saying,
5: actual capacity,
1: you could solve every world conflict.
5: Literally everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, and I always, it's the thing where it's like, uh, I suppose the difficulty is just like nothing is is that simple, is it? You know, there's nothing that is just like yes. I, you know, I now have the answer. Yeah, because the, everything's so convoluted, and I always think when you see somebody. Transmaxes as well like who's purporting to have the answer really simple thing okay just just you know become a woman even though you feel you're actually a man Mm -hmm. and you feel like a man um and then your answers will be solved it's obviously not correct you know the world's more complicated than that there isn't just a kind of golden bullet that just says cool this is it
1: you know yeah well on that note should we leave it there
5: yeah thank you so
1: much thanks for coming in and congrats on the documentary available on Channel 4 now.
5: Well,
2: Ed, that sure was fascinating. (laughs) Listen to all 20 minutes of it? Just like that. More. The magic of editing, baby. We've just been sat here in silence for 20 minutes. Again. You're Uh, um, you're pissing yourself. Screeching. If, like in a hypothetical universe, (laughs) if one farted paint, what would one piss? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Primer. (laughs) 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 Undercoat. okay cool i think we'll wrap uh, the, things the, the br- up shall we the brush you piss the brush <laughs> um do we think that the memes in the subreddit will be about fart painting <coughs> or about you with like a mane of hair you in the 80s
1: i think it's gonna be quite a lot of pissing content yeah i think that's gonna be if what do you think
3: i hope there's a lot of pissing content i
1: think it's gonna be mostly piss. i think that was the most interesting because sometimes we do an episode and we all think oh they're going to do this and then it's something completely different
2: so what do you think it will be pissing
1: i think pissing's going to be my highlight
2: of this there's a really good instagram account called scenic pisses i don't know if (laughs) if if you're aware of it i'm familiar yeah where it's shot sort of central of waistline you don't see any penis but you see the, the stream but it'll just be like into the grand canyon or like sick on the side of a mountain Strong recommend. That's good stuff. Not a brush in sight. No. Um, Okay.
3: But Simon, what's his name is (laughs) there? Just
2: peering around a tree. (laughs) Um,
3: No, he's 18, mate.
2: (laughs) uh, Thanks very much for listening. We will see you on the next one. Bye. Goodbye.